sure someone knew a taller person was preaching this morning. Whomever that was, thank you. He's <laughs> bent down, you know, eyesight, my age is starting to go. Um, man, but I'm excited. By the way, my name is Rian. Uh, Kevin referred to us a little earlier. My lovely young wife normally sits over here. Um, hopefully not raptured. Uh, I've got two, two wonderful kiddos, uh, Ethan and Joel. They, um, yeah, they're in kids' church. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so privileged. I'm so excited to share this with this morning. You know, sometimes I don't know if you've ever prepared for a preach. Um, Sean, definitely. One or two others. But if you haven't, it's like, if you think about it for a moment, it's like, oh, Lord, what do you want to say? Because often sometimes you see things, you know, and I think it's good when you see gaps and, you know, often that is what God wants you to preach into. And, oh, man, this time around, I'm like, oh, Lord, what do you want to say? And it's so amazing. It was, you know, when you have no distractions, normally where that is? Somewhere in the bathroom? I promise you, it's amazing how if we quieten ourselves with no distraction and we actually engage, that God speaks to us. It's amazing. So, I'm preaching on the words, come to me. The greatest invitation that we, we probably, what we can, re, we can receive. Come to me. And we're going to delve into this a little bit, but why this? Why do you think, come to me? How many of you do feel like you know how to properly switch off? Like, properly. Okay, well, this is a brilliant crowd then. This is exactly who this is for. This is amazing. And especially the fact that we're going into December. Well, we're in December now, but some of us might actually go on holiday. Some of us might not. And yet we don't know to how properly rest. And I feel like this is what God is wanting us to understand. Again, how do we properly rest in Him? Because why? It's been a hard year. It's been tough. I look across the congregation. I see faces and people. I remember stories, events, things that has happened, people that has grown, challenges that has been faced. Like I'm talking rough stuff. We can spend Sunday upon Sunday just testifying what God has done and how we've grown and how He sustained us through this. But if we don't learn how to rest, we'll probably, and we'll get that on or run ahead of my notes, but it's going to get too much. It will be overbearing. We're not going to make it. We're not going to finish the race we thought we would. So that's what I'm preaching on. But talking about invitations, I did mention Esther, my wife is back. And so just before we dig into the story, I need to tell you this. So we only have one invitation story, which is our wedding day. This is 10 years ago. So you know how it works if you haven't been married, but you make a list of people that you want to invite. Generally, you have two lists. You have the A list which is really close family and friends and people that meant something in your life that are really dear and you know you probably have seen them in the last six months, maybe two years. And then you have that B list, like in case you have a few seats available. You can invite some of those peeps. <laughs> maybe it's long lost friends or your family that you haven't seen, they haven't really meant, you know, at least this is how we made our decision. So we had an A and a B list. Okay, there we were. Like, very proud of ourselves. The day came that we had to send the electronic invites and lo and behold... I don't want to point any fingers because I can't remember who did it, but we send the first round of invitations to the B-list. I mean, how's that for a foot vote? I mean, and the people were excited. Like, yes, this is amazing. We've waited 37 rounds, you know, years around for you to get made. And 
Oh my word! So we had an issue. We had, <laughs> we had a problem. So the B round went first, and oh my goodness, we realized that we couldn't retract the offer, you know, the invitation to art. And so we had to send the A list too. And sure, man, the people were very excited, um, you know, for Esther to be off the market. Um, so we had a lot more people that we had to cater for. Now, bearing in mind, I didn't have money, but that's a whole other testimony on its own. What I'm trying to bring across was there was an invitation sent out. And the invitations works as follows. You get the invitation, and it's a call to something, an event, a function, a this or that, a wedding. And you can either RSVP, say yes, I'm in. Or, sorry man, I can't. I've got another event of something else, or maybe you just don't feel like it. Maybe you're hoping for something better. So, you know, maybe, oh, what, what's the date? Ooh, I've got two more days than I can, uh, you know, but you know how it works. Come on, you've been there. <laughs> but the thing is, it's your choice. Invitation, your choice. <laughs> okay, so there's something you're going to get if there's something you're willing to do. Yes, I'm coming. You go, oh, man, you, you would have had the best wedding in your lives. That's all I'm saying. We had. I mean, I don't want to be biased or anything, but yes, we had the most incredible wedding I've ever been to. Um, any case... Back to the notes and back to the greatest invitation you'll ever get, other than the one 10 years ago, with this one in Matthew 11, 28 to 9. By the way, we're only maybe going to do two scriptures. Because I'm that guy, I love like 30 scriptures in a sermon. Yeah, yeah. sermon. You know, Charles, you don't have to smile on that one. But it is true. <laughs> it is true. Hopefully today just two, because I feel like this is what God wants us to hear. Okay. So it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Just keep it up there, if you don't mind, because that's going to be. So here's Jesus. Who's he speaking? Where, where is he, by the way, when he's speaking this? You might not know. I'll tell you. Galilee. It's the northern part of Israel. It's a diverse population. There's like, you know, it's a region like thrive on trade and commerce. And it's, it's, it's a happening place. It's like Cape Town and Gordon's Bay, the golden nugget of Cape Town. It's kind of like here. There's not a lot of commerce, though. Um, let's just say Cape Town for now. So it's very similar conditions and circumstances that we are. This is where Jesus is when he's speaking. Who's he addressing? It's not his disciples, per se. It's a crowd. It's a crowd of people, the Jesus. And the crowd is mostly Jew and Gentile. All under Roman law. Everybody's suffering. You know, the guys are some are like super legalistic and it's very tough to carry all those laws upon you. The others are Gentiles. They're super confused. Like, who am I? Where? Like, what am I doing? It's, it's a hot pot of situations and circumstances and people. This is the crowd that Jesus is speaking to. But I want to delve into the invitation. It's nice to know where he was and who he spoke to, but what was it that he was really offering? What was he inviting him to? And if you want to gain a deep understanding, you always go to the Greek, or maybe the Hebrew, depending on where it is. Uh, but I'm not going to give you all the Greek words. Just now I looked at the Greek. I'll give you the first one. The first word is come. For those who are English-speaking, uh, first language, fairly simple word. In Greek, erkomai, not so common. Um, this word denotes an invitation to approach, come near, and arrive. Isn't that nice? Come. You know when, you, when you're shy, when you cross the room, you see some, okay, let's not go to dating days, but 
You don't go. You don't come. You don't draw near. What Jesus' invitation is, is to this crowd, whatever their perception, whatever their ideas of him, wherever they are in life, because it didn't matter where they were from and what they were going through, he was saying, come, come close to me. There's an invitation. And when you put someone in your personal Bible space, you are willing to share what you've got and give what you have. But he's inviting us in. Them in. Obviously them, they, us. And then also the same word in Greek implies an action of actively seeking and drawing close. So it's twofold. There's a come. It's an invitation to come and be near. But it's also to do that, you've got to go. <laughs> kind of, okay. Second one is me. Where do you have to go? He said, come to me. And what we just sang, what that song tried to highlight and did highlight is how incredible our God is. It is not someone rich with money calling. It is not a friend. It's not a family member. The creator of the universe, the one who knows every hair on your head, every flaw, everything, who made it all, he's the one who's calling. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God. This is incredible. It is the invitation that Queen cannot give you. Bill Gates cannot give you. Nothing, nothing compares. There is no comparison. He's calling. And who's he calling? Oh, come to me. Oh, everyone. How like is this? Super inclusive. Everybody's invited. Not just our A list and our B and our B list. He's only got one list, and that's all. And that invitation went to them, to us. Now in this case, there's a particular the invitation is particular. It says, all who are weary and burdened. And I want to look at those two words. Because weary and burdened is not, like I don't go, come home from work, from the office upstairs downstairs, oh, oof, babe, I'm so weary. I'm so burdened by today's work. It's not really language we use commonly. Okay? But weary, kapio, because I know Bartis would want that. Okay? It's both physical and spiritual fatigue. And I mean, just a quick little indication, who is not spiritually or otherwise physically fatigued at this stage of the year? Who's not? Meaning you fresh as a fiddle. I mean, you're ready to go. You're revving on the reins like, ah, somebody hold me back. Okay, good. So this call for anybody who's weary, meaning physical and spiritual fatigue, you're welcome. You can come. It refers to exhaustion. It's a state of extreme physical or mental tiredness. Maybe you haven't been working your fingers to the bone. But maybe what you've been carrying, what you've been going through in your family, and your life, and whatever, the, that could be weighing you down. So it's extreme tiredness and fatigue. And of course, there's also the one, the toil. It's from physical labor. So it could be any of those things. That is weariness. Jesus is saying, come to me. All who are weary. But not only that, also burdens. Portizo. The word signifies being burdened, loaded down, or weighed down with a heavy load. This can include difficulties, worries, and sin, and a whole bunch of things. Again, it could be personal responsibilities, emotional, psychological burdens, spiritual burdens that you might be carrying. Maybe it's relational. But family, friends, colleagues... Maybe it's societal. Maybe it's like you're struggling with your identity and belonging and being accepted. Or maybe it's financial challenges. 
financial hardship or debt or just you know, economic insecurity, whatever it might be. It could be physical ailments, maybe sick. I know there's a lot of us that's sick, not well. It's either chronic or it's been long-term, it's been whatever the case is, but it's weighing you down, it's a burden. He's calling you. It's amazing. Oh man, this is so amazing. Let me remind you, because sometimes we feel this is really not for us. I'm sure it's not for us. It can't be for us. Because I'm just a mere human. You know, and super, super Christians don't get there. They don't get burdened and weary and weighed down. But let me remind you, Elijah. In 1 Kings 19 verse 4, it says, Elijah says to God, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. They did. Have you ever been there? It's like, I'm, I'm finished. I'm over. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're like staring that suck in the face. You have got, you have poured yourself out. You are just, it is, he did that. This is after, by the way, the 450 Baal prophets he slayed, calling fire from heaven. Absolutely amazing. What I'm saying is you might have had many victories this year, many breakthroughs. You've taken ground. Insane. You might be the most well-known prophet in the Old Testament or in our modern day, but you're human. You have flesh. I have flesh. We have flesh. And we can get to the point, no matter what we've done in God thus far, where we say, actually, Lord, sure, I've had enough. But I've got good news. But let's go before we get that. <laughs> what did he do? What did God do? Kings 19, 5 to 7. It says, then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. I mean, he was naked, you know, finished. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. <laughs> Sounds good. And he ate, and he drank, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. First thing, God did not grant him his wish. Take my life from me. God's like, ah, I know the numbers of your days. I know what I've called you to do. It's not over yet. It is not over yet. There's... But he doesn't leave you there and say, hey, figure it out. How beautiful is this? The guy falls asleep and God feeds him. <laughs> and he gives him more sleep, gives him more rest. Isn't it true that sometimes all we need just for a little wind in the sail is just a good sleep and something nice to eat? Yeah. Huh? Baked over hot coals. Mm, I love my bread. He knows what to feed us. He knows what we need. Sometimes it's physical rest, and that's good. It can be taken. You know what happened after this? After, take my life, Jesus feeds him. He took a 40-day and night journey to Horeb, the mountain of God. It's like, what? You know, like, I don't know how many days or hours, but you just wanted to die. And now you're taking a 40-day and night journey all by yourself, thank you very much, to the mountain of Horeb. It's like, what was in that bread? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to, it's not Sasko Sam. I can tell you that much. But you know what? It's God. When God gives, oh man, it sustains. So here's the thing. There's an invitation. Come to me. All who's weary and burdened. Okay? But what will I get if I respond? It's like, hmm, hold on. I'm a little bit skeptical. Thanks for the invite. The promise is there. If we can get that original scripture, it says rest. Anna pauses. Rest from burdens. 
Who would like to have a, you know when COVID struck and we had all these payment obligations and we could have a, like a payment holiday? Boop, they press on all your debit orders. You could breathe a little bit. You know, someone, anybody had that? I know people. Like kind of a break. It's a break from burden. Who would like a break from life's burdens and issues and stuff? I would. Sean would. <laughs> now this, this rest is different from just any old rest. It conveys a state of refreshment and rest. It's a seizing from labor and work. But God, obviously Jesus didn't say, come on, you know, I'm going to put you on permanent leave and uh, your retirement starts now. Let's also hear that. But it also denotes a deep and soul-satisfying rest. There's different rests. There's diff- there, is, there is the rest of sleeping and being nourished. There's the rest of just sitting at the ocean and looking over it. But there's a rest that only God can give when we come. When we respond, when we say, yes, this is what we'll get. It's physical rest, yes. It's emotional rest. <clears throat> Tranquility and relief from all the emotional burdens. Spiritual rest. Peace and fulfillment in the spiritual dimension that we haven't maybe experienced yet. question is, what must I do? That's an offer, but what's my, what must you do? What must I do? <clears throat> like on that invitation, we've got to take. It's an offer. It's, it's, it's not gunpoint. It's not being forced. Jesus is making an offer to anybody who wants and who needs this. It's accepting and receiving what Jesus is giving. Because everything can stop right there. We could see what it is. We could want it. But if you don't take it, well, what is that? It's like medicine. I can look at the bottle. It's not going to do anything for me. I've got to take that. <clears throat> so we've got to take it. So it's a willingness to receive and incorporate. We have to. And it's a conscious choice. It's not forced. And I'm embracing that voluntarily. I decide, yes, I want it. So it's a deliberate decision. It's an ownership, basically, on my side to say, yes. And what it involves is making and taking the teachings of Jesus a part of my own life. But we'll get there. The next thing he says, he says he takes my yoke. So what, what is the yoke? I think we all probably know that in the olden days. Oxen, that thing that made them run in unison and work in unison together. That's what the yoke is. It's working in tandem. So what if Jesus is inviting you and us, me, to take his yoke. So who's next to us in this yoke? It's him. I don't know about you, about running alone versus running with Jesus. And he's probably doing most of the work in any case. Wouldn't you want that rather? Because that's what you get. But it's more than that. It's also an invitation to discipleship and learning. Because that's what he's going to give. Accepting the yoke implies a willingness to submit. Because that's what the yoke does. I can't just run around on my own and do my own thing the way I want. It's in unison. It's him and together we do this. So it does involve obedience. And it's generally to his teachings. Like in the prayer meeting, Willem just felt in his heart Psalm 1. You know, those who sit and meditate on the Word of God, they'll be planted like trees at water. There's something about consuming his law, making it part of you. And that's this, this yoke is a unity in Christ. Not a separation. And that unity is a partnership. It's a partnership with Jesus is in our life. It's not, it's, again, it's not us. 
Guys, this is what we take. This is what we accept. There's an offer with great reward, but we have to respond and we have to take. And that yoke, is that's why he says it's easy and it's light. It's a pleasure. The other one is more like a ball and chain because it's me and my stuff. But here's something that actually popped out the most. Not the green bottle, which is, it's the word learn. This is conditional, guys. This is conditional. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Ooh, hold on. So I'm not just taking a yoke, committing myself voluntarily. There's a little bit more here. What does that mean? What do you do when you learn? You consume and acquire knowledge. This is exactly knowledge and understanding and wisdom through observation, study, and personal experience. Because when you're yoked to Jesus, what are you going to see? What are you going to hear? What are you going to experience? Isn't this amazing? He takes us within the journey. But I need to be willing. I need to come and be submitted so that I can learn from him. It's, 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 it's a, uh, we have to do it if you want any kind of growth or anything. So it's discipleship and apprenticeship. Being an appy, an appy of Jesus. <laughs> this is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And there's practical application. Those oxes are plowing. They're not just praying. But he will teach us to do that too. And you can imagine when we learn and go beyond intellectual understanding how transformed we get. So you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You'll be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Isn't this what would happen? Would not, we not become more like Him? Understand more like Him and do more like Him? Absolutely. So the learning is absolutely essential. And we're going to change. We're going to have a change in attitude and our beliefs and our behaviors as a result. And these things are going to happen. And more and more we're going to start emulating Him more beautifully and more perfectly. Obviously, as a young Christian and then you know, more mature. That's why, generally speaking, generally, people that's been, that's been like this, yoked together with Jesus for longer, sounds like Him more. Smells like him more. You, you understand what I mean? This is, it's, it's, yeah. So we have to internalize this. Okay. Last point on that is spiritual growth. This is where it comes from. It's not just, it's not on our own. Words of a Bible remembered verbatim is not going to do anything for us, actually. It's this. It's when Jesus equips us with wisdom, and He helps us to navigate life. But it is a coming, and it's a learning. So you know how many people say, you've seen interviews and whatnot, nah, tried Christianity, Puh, doesn't work. I don't know. Who's, who's heard that? I've tried Christianity, doesn't work, sorry. Thank you. Appreciate it, honest people. Who's thought that themselves? This doesn't work. Like what? Thank you, even more honest. Being there, done that. I promise you. I mean, there's the prophet, take my life from me. What? <laughs> You're the mouthpiece of God. These things happen. But you know why it's not working often, most of the time? Why Christianity is working? Because we are not learning and applying and thus not changing and we haven't yet fully come. We might have come close. We might have come into his presence. In the vicinity, proximity. But he didn't say just come. He says come and learn from me. That is critical, guys. For each one of us. In our journey, in our maturity, in our walk with Jesus. If we are not learning, what are we doing? But that is absolutely That's why Christianity doesn't work. Because it's not a 
genie in a lamp, do everything as I say. This is not. And I hope you've seen that from the coming. And just as a reminder, when we come properly, we will find rest for our souls. Man. Man, this is awesome. Rest for our souls. That's a peace that transcends external circumstances. There's a peace that comes from God that it, it makes you immovable, unshakable, no matter what. Circumstances got zero to do with it. Nothing. It's deep, inner, calm that permeates the core of our being. Are, we, are any of us fully there? No. But this is the promise. We can get there. This is, we can work this out with Jesus. I want, man, I want that rest for my soul. A deep, deep thing. The question is, why did Jesus make this offer? He could have just left the crowd, be on his way, do a couple of miracles, and ascend into heaven. But why did he do that? And I hope you see that this is because Jesus loves. He loves us dearly. He loves you. It's, it's, it's unimaginable how much he actually loves us. He's got compassion for us. He doesn't just want us to be on our own and do our own thing. Yes, he puts us in family too. But man, he, why does he do that even? It's because he loves us. He's got compassion for us. He doesn't want us to do this on our own. And he wants to help. That's why he's offering it. He's not the big, bad, ugly, grim reaper that is so painted you know, for, for many of us. Man, he's the father he loves. The other thing is he understands. He understands our struggles. He says he's been tempted with all of these things. He overcame it. We don't. So he's got empathy. He knows our limitations. He knows what we can bear and what we can't. And you know what? He wants to be with us forever. He wants to save us. He wants, he says, I go to prepare a place. For eternity. So in summary, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, it communicates a profound invitation to find rest in a personal relationship with Jesus, committing to a yoke of discipleship characterized by learning, gentleness, and humility. It speaks to the transformative power of embracing Jesus' teachings and the freedom found in following his path. Greatest invitation of all time. Man, for me and for you, for each one, everyone. The question is, what will your response to this invitation be? I want to speak to believers. For those who Christians. Those who say, yeah, those who gave their lives. How are, you, how are you resting? How's your coming and learning? What does that look like? Have we maybe stopped somewhere? Have we maybe given up? Maybe we've come close, but we haven't actually learned much. So we are stuck. We are struggling. That thing is making us tired. Emotionally, physically, we just can't. We want to give up like the prophet. And it's a genuine question. I've been there so many times where I, where I get frustrated in my own life. Just there's no growth. It, I promise you, it is never him. It's not him saying, oh, sorry, cheers, you're on your own. It's me. Not drawing close, not learning, not applying, not seeing that this truth is the truth. And it will not return void. It will accomplish what he says it will. That's, that's our God. So my question to us as believers, have you maybe slipped? Have you maybe tried to do this on your own? Because I want, then, then you should 
make right with God this morning. And I want to give an opportunity that as His people, His children, we can come to Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have actually tried to do this on my own wisdom, my own steam. And I don't have peace as a result. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm panicky. I'm, 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 I'm running like a headless chicken, perhaps. Maybe I've got insomnia. I can't sleep because of all the things that's keeping me awake. It's a real thing. But what's more real is this invitation. Come to me. And my prayer is that this morning that we would come. So actually, I want to ask. I want to actually just pause there. If maybe something in what we've said, what we've shared from the Word, stuck struck a chord, it's like, you know what, actually, I need to properly come and learn. Don't you just want to get up? I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us. It's just a sign. It's like, Lord, I'm not fully calibrated here. I want to come to you properly. Don't you just want to stand where you are? And I'm standing, guys. I'm standing with you. I don't want to just have a brave face, smile, you know, etc., etc., but in the background, things are falling apart. And this is not an invitation to me. This is Jesus saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. If you are heavy laden, if there is stuff in your mind, and you want help, remember this is the choice. It's you saying, I take, I receive, I accept. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that this morning, here in Gordon's Bay, these words, your words, are exactly the same. Your invitation is open to each one of us. And Father, on behalf of each one of you, my brothers and my sisters, those who we run our race with, we want to come and acknowledge and say, Father, we haven't fully rested. We haven't fully given ourselves to you and to your word and making it a part of our lives so that we can reap the rewards and the benefits that you promise. And maybe in your own heart, you can just say, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me for that, for my, for my thing, running on my steam. Lord, thank you for this word that restores the faith in my heart to say, yes, my king is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he loves me, and he wants this rest for me. He wants to help you through this. Lord, thank you for that. We acknowledge that our, our everything comes from you. And I do pray that each individual here would be strengthened this morning. Strengthened by your Holy Spirit. You come alongside us, the Perikletos, the one who comes and helps carry our burdens. We are not left alone and you will never leave us until the end of time. So thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you. And thank you, each one, for responding. Thank you. Thank you for being humble. Thank you for being receptive. Thank you for making a decision for him. I want to ask those, and maybe stay standing, stay standing if you don't mind. Just as reinforcing what we are saying to God. In, you might be sitting here and you have actually never known him. You never knew that you are part of the everybody, the all. But this morning you realize, oh my word, the King of Kings is making an invitation to me. I do not deserve it. You're right, none of us do. Yet, he invited us. He invites us to a, free, uh, to a personal relationship, and with this comes a free gift. 
when we accept and receive Him, we receive eternal life. But you know what it's based on? It's not on our good works. It's not on our deeds. It's based on the fact that when God looks at us, He either sees Jesus, His sacrifice, or He sees your sin. And each one of us had to go through this. Sin separates us from God. So the greatest gift and the greatest thing that's ever happened is when Jesus came in your place, took your sin on him and died the death that we deserve. Now that will still happen unless we acknowledge and understand that he came to do this. And he says that God so loved the world that no one should be lost, including you. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never responded to an invitation and you want your life to be transformed and changed, you want your sin and the burden of it to be lifted and that, that yoke to be broken, don't you just want to get up with the rest of us? There's no other place you can go. You can't get this peace. This is the only place that's at the feet of Jesus. If there's no one, then I'm assuming we are all believers. We all love Jesus. We're not perfect, but we're saying this morning, we're in it. We are taking it, and we will rest properly. And I want to leave that there in Jesus' name. So um, just if you're up on your feet, just say something. I don't want to labor the point, but I don't feel like we're fully done yet. As I was sitting there, I, just, I saw this picture of um, a person that was pushing a car. So for, in order for the car to be able to be mobile, it needs to have the key in, it needs to be on, and it needs to be in neutral gear so you can push the car. And this person was toiling hard, and they were pushing, and they were pushing, and they were pushing, and finally it got to this uphill, and they could push no further. It was now, actually, it was going to start to push them back. And then I saw someone come and go, what are you doing? The keys are in, there's power to the ignition, there's petrol, Climb in the car and drive. You're trying to push what you should be driving. And actually, this, the, the invitation was to come and sit in the passenger seat. And the person then started to drive. And I really felt for some of us that are here, perhaps you haven't even responded yet, that actually what's happening in our lives is that the reason that we are so burdened and heavy laden is because we're actually not functioning within the life of what God has called us to. We're actually pushing the vehicle. We're trying to help God help us. And actually God is saying, whoa, stop. That's not the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to Father but through me. Climb into the car and let me drive. And actually I felt that there was quite a strong call actually for us to repent. You see, because if you're not letting God be God, that means you are being God. And you can't do it. It was never set up that way. We were never created to be our own gods. We were never created to do our own things. And I know for many of us here, we're trusting for various things. Maybe you've been trusting for healing in your life for years and years and years. Maybe you're trusting for work. Maybe you're trusting for financial breakthrough. And actually, God has been trying to help you. He's given you all of the tools that you need. But you've climbed up and you've said, no, I'm not going to trust God. I'm not going to surrender my circumstances to Him. Because He hasn't done it for 30 years. Why would He do it now? And you've now started to push the car. And actually, you're not going to get anywhere. And I feel a strong call in the Lord this morning that He says that if you will come and if you will repent... 
And if you will surrender today, I will forgive you and I will make your path clear. So I want to ask you, with all the seriousness that I have in my heart, I believe this is a moment in God, this is a moment in the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us. Please just close your eyes if you are in mind. Search your heart. Ask the Lord to just search your Holy Spirit. Why don't you just search us right now? And, I, and just answer us. Am I pushing the car? Have I taken on the burdens and have I taken on the responsibilities that actually are yours? You say that you will, you will provide for my needs. But I've tried to provide for myself. You say that you will take care of my health and I'm, I'm trying to make these plans for myself. And Lord, actually, if I'm honest with myself and if I'm honest with you, I've actually pushed you off the driver's seat and I'm, I'm now not even in the car anymore, I'm pushing. And I'm so tired and I'm so weary and it's so not working. And all I want is to surrender. And if that's you this morning, then I want to ask you, won't you stand with us as well? And we're just going to pray a prayer of repentance and surrender this morning because I know that actually God wants to do something. And like Rian said earlier on, there's this invitation. This is an invitation that goes out to you. There's the promise of bread that's been cooked over hot coals, and I can imagine ice-cold water that would have been fed to, to, to uh, Elijah. And you can receive it, or you can, you can miss it. Don't miss it. So if it's you, one last call. If it's you who feel like that, please stand. Let's pray this thing together. Let's be done with this thing. Let's surrender today. Anybody else? I love you, and I don't want you to walk out here and have to go and push your car home. Let's jumpstart that. Let's get going. All right. So, Father, as we stand before you, maybe you can just raise your hands to the Lord if you wouldn't mind, just as a response to him. Father, this morning we come before you and we, we repent. Father, we say we're sorry. We have taken on the burdens of this world. We have taken on the burdens of this life. Father, we've taken on your responsibilities but we're not you. And Lord, where we've put ourselves on the throne of our own lives, Father, we repent in Jesus' name, and we ask that you would wash us clean this morning. Wash us clean and remember our sins no more. Separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. Thank you that as we, as we stand before you, I can almost feel your presence just coming and just cleaning, even me, cleansing me, just hot, cool uh, water running over me and just washing away the dirt and the dross as your refreshment comes. And Father, I thank you that as we come here this morning, we can surrender. And when I ask if you're standing with me, I just want you to say this with me. I surrender. We surrender all to you, Jesus. Won't you come and be God in our lives again? Holy Spirit, won't you be our counselor, our helper, our advocate, the one who walks alongside us, who empowers us? Won't you draw us back to the Word of God, which is the bread? May we seek you in the quiet places. May we find you. You say that if we seek you with all our heart, we will find you. Lord, may we find your face again. May we experience your presence in our lives again. Would you come and water the dry places? We surrender our right to understand. We don't need to understand because you are God. We are the created beings. We are not the creator. 
So we can, sur- we can surrender our circumstances. We can surrender our uncertain futures. We can surrender our fears and our anxieties. And Lord, we can even surrender the good things in our lives that are squeezing the life of God out of us. Our pleasures, our hobbies, the things that make us happy and where we actually find a form of happiness in without you. We repent of those too. And we pray, Lord, would you let us take your yoke so that our burden would be easy and light because you are gentle and humble. Father, thank you for your invitation to us all this morning. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.